Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 35. In this episode, my friends and I really try to go back to the issues we discussed on the previous podcast and hash out some of the really core theological differences that we have that would have led us to differing conclusions and even differing debate styles whenever we recorded that. Um, So it is definitely helpful to have listened to the previous episode before you get into this one. But if this sounds interesting to you, go ahead and give it a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Greetings. Salutations. How's everyone doing? A fetus day. A a fetus day? Alvidasane oh. is isn't that goodbye? Oh yeah. Is it, in it German? Like, oh, it's German. I thought it was like Swedish. No. No. Alvidasane <laughs> no. is uh, is German Wait, so for goodbye. What, what did you? But he said a fetus day. No, I know he tried. Oh. But uh, what did you say? What did you? Open it, it's, with? it's a bone I opened with tea. greetings. Bone greetings, and you yeah. said goodbye. <laughs> I said greetings. He said salutations. Yes. And he said goodbye. All right, that's the end. So what are you gonna say? Uh, hello. 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 That's, that? the, that's the German way of saying hello. Yeah. Since you've just no, offended all of Germany. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> oh, my God. Some guy who speaks German over here. Anyway, uh, how's everyone doing? Good. Let's do ourselves a quick check-in. I have a small headache. <laughs> Coming. That's weird because you got a pretty big head. <laughs> I'm eating oranges to help me. Mm. Oranges and sweet tea, like a my mama used to make. It's a, <laughs> it's a fruit cup of oranges, and you're eating it with your fingers. <laughs> it's not like he's eating a healthy like orange <laughs> yeah. that he's peeling. It's a plastic lidded, uh, peel off fruit cup. How do you do? Of do just is you... it just mandarin oranges? This is like what I, eat, I can't eat all day. I can eat this. I'll be good for the entire day. How are you alive? <laughs> wait, wait until that uh. Late twenties metabolism crash hits. I don't know, true. man. I don't <laughs> know. It's so true. <laughs> like I, this is what I used. I I eat the same. I, I used know. to be sexy. I swear. <laughs> I could be. I was one seventy five eating the same. I don't know. And I now I've like thirty. I'll be in my late twenties, like in a in like twenty eight days. No, twenty eight days. Four days. I'll be in my late twenties. Dag yo. At the beginning of your late twenties, you gotta let it take effect. You said twenty five is your late twenties. Yeah, twenty five is not old. your late. No. Oh old. boy. Twenty five is definitely your mid twenties because five is in the middle of sets of ten. Okay, <laughs> I was just also gonna I'm say like, you're I'm not. Like old. I'm in my midlife crisis, quarter life crisis. He's not living to a hundred. Not, <laughs> not with that diet. 50. Yeah. Jeez. Not with. Fruit you probably cups outlive and... us all, David. Just with his because... luck. Yeah. Yeah. The person that's like smoking and. Drinking bacon grease is the one I used to be 110. <laughs> that is how it goes. But I don't want to be 110. That's like really, t- it's hard to live that way. Unless yeah. you're like healthy, healthy. And like active. Like no, even the healthiest 110 year old. At 110, yeah, I was like Dude, at 110. Miguel, Miguel's grandpa. No, not Miguel. Um, Marcel. Marcel's okay. grandpa is 103 and lives by himself. But and is like he shaking. I don't think so. Like they say like he he gets you know he's slow. But, like, you know, he, he can get through a day, like, without really any external help. That's good for him. I don't know that's, I feel like, the best you can hope for at 103. Yeah. yeah. Probably not still, Probably not still jogging marathons at that point. No. 
I would be so ashamed of myself if if there was a hundred and three year old jogging marathons. I'm like, all right, I have no excuse. Yeah, I don't wanna. That's my. That's excuse. a pretty good excuse. I don't want to jog a marathon or run a marathon. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't see the high in it or any value. Then you get like yeah. a medal just for participating. Yeah. That's when you know it wasn't worth your time <laughs> if everybody gets the same. That's true. <laughs> That's why you got to beat them. Yeah, come on. What, I think what they I think... don't advertise is the first ten people, their medals actual gold. Oh, I yeah. think they just don't want others to feel bad because of like what you guys because like it's your self imaging like wow like I did that just like self promoting some, some chest pride. Mm. Mm. Speaking of, that Prejudice. doesn't really have anything to do with our topic. No. Uh, so yeah, I was hoping we could revisit. Uh, it's been a while since we talked about what I'm hoping we can revisit, uh, which is really a lot of things. I mean, the podcast I'm referring to is like we opened up, we were talking about abortion and kind of a specific instance, uh, specific question regarding abortion and like not, not like definitely not acceptance, but like um, bringing people through that versus uh, warning them and like how that might come off. Uh, and we, we didn't, like, we definitely, it was definitely a hard stop to that podcast as far as, like, you know, I think I was the last one to really say anything, like, as far as long, and then it's, like, the issue wasn't necessarily resolved, but we were just kind of at time, and this one might not necessarily be a long, long one, by which I mean our average length, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I just feel like we can kind of bring stuff like that back up, and and try to maybe tie off some of those loose ends or re-explore the topic of us versus them. Hmm. Slash. What was the other way? Are you going to word it? I feel like you... It was a text that you sent. So, yeah. post question would be like, who is us versus them? Who are? Who are? Oh, thank you. No, actually, I don't know if that's right. Well, who is? No, who is? No, who is no, us? Who is us and who, who is are them? us? Are we the them or are we the us? Well, who are... Well, we are obviously are we? the us. Who is they and who is us? Okay, so I think we're generally... You're without getting teacher. Without getting bogged down in the pronouns. He's an English teacher. Uh, I teach a plethora, I believe is the pronouncification uh, of subjects. Um, yeah, I mean, we... Us versus them, I think, in general... So that comes from... Yeah, I think, I think that kind of stemmed from... Like Christians versus coming off as combative versus yeah like I um I mean we ended we, talking about enemies yeah it, it's a very nebulous topic you know um in the circle uh you know that of this podcast right now um you know it was an us but also <clears throat> I think we could extend that out to uh, just Christians in general versus mm. non Christians and how there seems to just be like a polarization of like well, this is how Christians are, and this is how non-Christians are. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's such a... Honestly, I think that's a very, very dangerous and at times a callous way of looking at the world. Um, Can you give why... me, like, a for instance? Or... Um, so, I, I think it was maybe Eric who mentioned, like... Um, I, I like, like, you're talking about relationships... Um, not not like romantic relationships, but um, interpersonal relationships, and and you're like, well, yeah, like that's why 
we have relationships with each other and we're guarded against relationships with non-believers. And I was like, wow, like I think, and, and I, that's not a verbatim. That's a, yeah. that's walking away. That's kind of what I walked away with the sentiment being. I was like, wow, that's, I think that's a really, ah, uh, like that Christians hard... don't have friendships with unbelievers or, or that there's a danger <clears throat> to it. Um, which that friendship with the world. Yeah. I think that's, that's what we brought up is like the idea of friendship with the world being enmity with God and, and how like Jesus was accused of being a friend of sinners, just like he was accused of being, uh, you know, a glutton and a drunkard. And like Jesus is a savior and a lover of sinners. Like his, his hand of salvation is stretched out, uh, to sinners for reconciliation, but that, yeah. Like that's the distinction that I think we'd make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I, I think, I, I I think, I knowing you, Eric, um, and you know Travis, with what you just said, like I understand, I agree with the sentiment, but I do think that people hear that, and 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 when I say, I, I mean, well, I think Christians hear that, and they're like, yeah, absolutely, like there's a danger, and like, like those are those people, and like that's like we are ourselves, and like we are good we are chosen we are pure and it's just like ooh. well I, I feel like that i mean obviously the, that's the pendulum swinging to the extreme yeah um but i just i do think that at times um that sentiment gets can become a dangerous sentiment of like well we'll take care of ourselves and it becomes an us versus them mm. um where i think what well, you know i think my approach largely is like we're all flesh and blood. We're all people. And like, you know, I, I, I rejoice in my salvation, the salvation of people. And I weep over, you know, the, the travesty of sin. But I, I don't, I don't, I, I recognize there's an innate separation there, but I don't want to, um, I don't want to create that separation. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I understand the meaning behind what you're saying. Me? Yeah, you look like you're no, thinking. No, I, I was just looking if you were going to say something in response. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I think that... I think the reason that we might come off that way is probably the same reason that like, you know, people will get turned off reading the Bible and they'll, they'll read it and they'll see, I mean, some things that Jesus will say, some things that like Paul or Peter will say about like, you know, either our former life or, you know, the former manner in which we walked and the life that we now live in. And the fact that there are still people who are living in that former manner of life who are outside of Christ. Um, So that kind of juxtaposition or else saying like, um, I I forget exactly where it is, but um, is it second Corinthians where he says like, what do you not, do you not remember that you were washed? You were purified. You were like, you know, washed in the blood of Christ. And so you need to, you don't need to walk like those who are outsiders, like those who are outside of the covenant, but you need to rather, you know, present yourselves like you need to walk in a, in a manner that's worthy of of the life that you claim to be following. So, I mean, 
if I were to say that to a Christian and a non-Christian heard me saying that and they could very easily be like, well, like, who does this guy think? Like, he's calling me an outsider. And like, does he, is he saying he's better than me? Because like, oh, I, I walk like he used to walk and now he's beyond me or he's better than me. It's like, I could very much understand that misunderstanding be applied to Paul's writing. But if what I'm saying, like, I, I understand that depending on your audience, you might need to go to greater lengths to try to explain things and to qualify some of the, the statements that you'll make, some of the ideas ideas that you'll express. But it's like, if I if me being misunderstood looks a lot like Paul being understood, then I don't feel as much of a... Uh, like, I don't feel like that's necessarily a sinful error on my part of, of misrepresenting the faith. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not talking about, like, when we're talking about scripture, stuff like that. Like, I think scripture um, stands for itself. Um, but I do think, like, I, 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 I guess my, I, I see the, like, when, when, I, what I think is, you know, like when we, when, whenever anybody talks about an us versus them, what it, what it ends up becoming is an idolization of the us. Do you think um, that that's what it, and, what it ends up becoming when the New Testament writers talk like that? No, no, and and so and so and so so let me like okay yeah so I like I said I, I do think. Um, the Bible stands up for itself, and I think that the Bible is the standard. And I think, and I, and that's why that's what I was about to kind of fall back to was like not fall back to, but talk about when I say it becomes an idolization of the self. It's mm -hmm. because, and now the us is largely, um, even though it's uh, it, it's a you know it's an inclusive term of like myself plus it is, this is the standard, you know, and typically it's reflective of ourself. You know that we are the standard. Uh, that, yeah, like, my, that and and I'm not. I'm talking generally. Okay. Uh, so I'm not talking about that. Like, this an, is if, the way it comes off. You're saying generally this is the way it comes off, or generally this is what people actually are trying to communicate. Generally, this is what people are are internalizing. So, like, so wait, people as in the listener, or people as in the speaker? The speaker. The speaker is internalizing so, this so, idea that his own behavior is the standard. The sta yeah. So, so generally, when whenever there's an us versus them. Whatever that is. So outside of the context of this podcast, whether it's, um, you Yankees know, Red this... Yankees Red Sox. What? Yankees Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Good you know, evil. you know, us, the, you know, Yankees. And then, okay, when, when I say us and Yankees, it's this roster of Yankees, you know, but another Yankees fan is going to have a, well, yeah, it's this. And then it's collective, it's collected under a flag of the Yankees. And then there's a general understanding of like, Hey, okay. There's there's difference here, um, but it, there's still this broad flag, and I think in many cases that's hand waved away, in the sense that like yes, there's commonality enough within that umbrella. Yankees, whether it's the you know 1910 roster, whether it's the 2021 okay, I didn't, I didn't mean to bring up like um, a. No, 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 but an analogy to get tied to. No, no, but, but but that's but that's a good it's a good example. But I think, you know, then there are subjects that are really meaty or really difficult um, that there's a lot of polarization in, mm -hmm. such as Christianity, where then it 
when you when you have an us versus them, I think oftentimes what ends up happening is the us are the people it in my circle or the people that closely reflect exactly what I'm talking about mm-hmm. versus like, okay, the biblical standard. Yeah, and I, and, and I get like I don't want to portray it that way because I mean I think the scripture is pretty clear about like. Well, like Ephesians 6, right? Like, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We, the thing that we're versus, the thing that we're, you know, set against is higher than, like, oh, this flesh and blood individual over here. It's, it's you know, cosmic powers of, of darkness. And I would say that uh, I, I try to be careful not to set my own behavior or, uh, like, my righteousness as a standard to which everyone needs to live by. But it's like... Okay, if I'm struggling, if what I'm struggling against is the kingdom of darkness, there's a kingdom of light. And I'm supposed to be acting as an ambassador and a, a warrior for the kingdom of light. And so if, if another person's lifestyle is um, in line with the kingdom of darkness, like, I, I want to confront them about that. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean, like, you know, the we talked about it last time with, like, the Westboro Baptist Church signs of, like, you know, God hates you. God is like so happy that you're going to hell, like all, all that kind of stuff. But it's, it is like, Hey, like, do you, if, if you're talking to someone and they're either claiming to be a Christian, then you could, you know, approach it with the scripture. But if they're not, it's like, what do you, what do you look to as your standard of, of right and wrong? Like you, you, you must confront malevolence and darkness when you see it manifest inside of people. And I, and there's an extent to which like, those people are victims of the the kingdom of darkness and they're like, you know, brainwashed zombie slaves of the devil. Like, okay, you can say that, but it's like they're not off the hook for responsibility for for um, buying into that system. Like the scripture paints it as in like they've, yeah, they're slaves, but like they sold themselves into that slavery and they love that slave master of darkness. So it's like I want to confront the wickedness and I want to confront the wicked idea and present the gospel, you know, which is why a lot of times when you see Christians like, you know, I know last time we were talking about abortion clinics, you know, they'll have signs that say like, we'll adopt your baby, like, please don't do this. And if if Westboro Baptist Church, you know, visits six abortion clinics, they get the press because right. their signs are the ones that say God hates you, God hates, you know. Uh, you're you're gonna go to hell for what you're about to do, and God is like cackling with joy over your demise. I mean, not word for word, right? But that. So I mean, I can try to represent the kingdom of light well, but in the end, there are people who are gonna have that baggage of having read such news stories. They're gonna look at me in whatever you know manner that I'm trying to present, and just kind of front load that. Um, mental image onto me that like oh you're another one of those guys and I can be careful and intentional but if that just means shutting up then like I, I can't right I, I think you know so just looking at like my daily interactions in the scope of an us versus them um, thing it's just like I think it's I think it's I think that is such a hard line to draw like like it's very it when you're talking nebulously like there's a kingdom of light there's a kingdom of dark like absolutely i don't disagree with you at all 
like and i as an agent of the kingdom of light and like you know this is what scripture says and this is what we're to follow but I then i think when you then look at people directly or their lives directly you know that's when things get a lot more difficult or complicated where like someone i i, I very much believe that you know uh you know there are people who or their entire religions i'll even throw that out there that call themselves christians that it's like you're not you know okay so um, <clears throat> you're saying like cults uh, like Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons. Yeah, I was like, I was like, or... I, I'll be honest, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have quite have, I don't, I don't know if I would have said Jehovah's Witness is a cult, but yeah, I would have said Jehovah's Witness and Mormons yeah. as yeah. examples of that. Okay. Um, but yeah, so those are people that like you talk to, and they're like, yeah, I'm a Christian. You're like, ooh, maybe not Mormons per se, but whatever. Um, and it's just like, ooh, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, and then there's like, a, okay, they're trying to umbrella or, or sit under the umbrella of an us versus and you know mm-hmm. and it's, it's like it's like but no like i would draw that line that separation there um as a them it's like ugh, you know or even um you know i shoot weddings i can tell you how many weddings i had a I had a, a I had two weddings this weekend you know and both of them um and we you and i kind of talked mm-hmm. about one earlier where um the couple was <coughs> i mean <coughs> on a three-day bender you know and mm-hmm. up there, and the officiant, who was a friend of the family, was up there reading <clears throat> Corinthians and Genesis. Um, you know, uh, you know, do you, in the you know eyes of the Lord and before your family, take this woman to be your husband? I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, <laughs> oh boy, like, yeah, yeah. these are I, like, and and I, it's like you're watching, uh, in in the book of First Samuel, it talks about like. Eli the priest and his sons like were just so wicked and it's like you're watching these wicked priests do something that's supposed to be sacred and they're doing it in in a way that makes a total joke out of it right you know yeah and it's and and you know I th- so when you look at specific people and and would they categorize themselves as or not or even like hey on this podcast I've come forward and been like you know if if I could snap my fingers would I end abortion or would I do mm-hmm. all these other problems? You and I have landed on opposite sides mm-hmm. where I I would feel comfortable saying somebody listening would say like, ooh, hey, that Miguel dude, he might be not so saved as we as he would probably think he is, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think that... So that's why I say like, I think looking at things as a us, you know, believers or us who are saved versus people who are unsaved, I think like... I, I find it too polarizing, um, where it's just like, man, I think, you know, what we should do is just accept that, like, look, I'm <coughs> fallen and broken, you're fallen and broken, and I understand and accept that, and this is what I believe, um, and I'm happy to say that and share that, but at the same time, um, I can't force you into that standard. Yeah, and um, I, I, there's nothing that you just said that I would disagree with. Of like, I believe that I'm fallen and broken, and that the person that I'm talking to is fallen and broken, and that these, you know, are the things that I believe, and that I can't force them to believe what I believe. I, I, I'm in agreement with all those things. Like, there's nothing that you just said that I would um, disagree with. I think it just winds up being a matter of like, how would you call them? toward holiness like how would you 
how would you talk to them about about their own sin and it's like look there's I'm I'm a worse sinner than you in my eyes. Like I know all of why well, I don't even know all of my sin, but I know way more of my sins than I know yours. And like I I feel the weight of that every day and like every day I just have to run like a helpless child to the cross and just hold on to it for, you know, for grace and for mercy. But the categorical difference between my sin and your sin is that my sin is being entrusted to the blood of Christ to cover and like your sin you know, let's say that you're the person who's going to um, walk into the abortion clinic and have the abortion, and it's like you're not someone who's super morally concerned about it. It's like that, it, which not to say that there aren't people who are. Okay, I understand that. But um, the difference between my sin and your sin is like my sin is being entrusted to the blood of Christ and yours is ongoing and unrepentant. And so it's like... And, and if there's sin that, like, you see in me or that you, you know, hear a way that I talk or something, it's like, you know, I, I don't want you to, for the sake of my feelings, spare me the confrontation because, like, I need that. I need to be called unto holiness. I need to be called to Jesus and to, to follow that. Um, and it might seem more compassionate to uh, be less direct but I don't see like the biggest thing is like I don't see the New Testament authors doing that I don't see Christ doing that um, like Christ is very direct with people when he speaks about their sin like now you know after their sin like the woman caught in adultery he says you know go and sin no more but like the people who are in ongoing unrepentant sin, like the the Pharisees that he's dealing with, and the lawyers that he's dealing with, like he's hard on them, and not just because they're the religious elite. Um, you know that's that's his that's his manner of of speaking to sin because he is that which is holy. Yeah. Do you? <clears throat> Sorry, I, I've been I've been really trying to listen. Hold on. Um. This doesn't have nothing to do with this, so you can stop me anytime. So I think when it comes to as opposed to them, when you say, I think with it comes to them, when they think like, oh, like Christians think they're better than us, um, there's gonna be a very bad analogy. Analogy, you know what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Um, is that those them people? I'm not saying it's all of them, but I think the people who do think like Christian, they think Christians are better than us, is because they nitpick. They get to choose. What stories they want to tell, like for instance, like Christians who hold up a sign that says, "Oh, God hates you." It's like, like for instance, like if you're looking through a restaurant, looking at a restaurant, looking at the reviews. You see all these great yeah. reviews, then you see that one bad review. In like yeah. even for myself, that's the one that you that, stop and yeah, read. I stop and read. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> how? And that's why I feel like with them, they they ignore all these mm. Christians, but then they point out to these Christians who say these things, and mm. that's what they get to choose. <clears throat> and I say like, oh, but like, then then they just. Because of that one bad thing, they just think all Christians are like that. Yeah. And they just think that, and that, and but, especially like right now with the the Texas abortion, you know, situation, um, you have people who are saying like, oh, you know, Christians only care about a life until it's born, and then they don't care about it anymore. And it's like that's a that's a false flag. Like Christians adopt and foster children at three times the rate of of non Christians, and like that's been an ongoing 
trend for like, and I'm saying per capita, not like because 79% of Americans would call themselves Christian, but it's like, oh, Christians only care about life until it's more. It's like, well, you know, what about all these like orphanages and charities and like overseas foundations for, you know, getting people clean drinking water? Like, I, I don't think that's the case. Like, maybe this isn't as simple as like either side is trying to make it when it comes to that. Well, it was really interesting because when David gave that example, I immediate like, I saw that from the opposite side where I was like, yeah, I feel like that's exactly what ends up happening with Christians is that we look at people and we go, they did that one bad thing. They are now with them and we are in us. That's a question. Who, so, like, like, I was going to ask, can wait, you give me an example? Just, can you give me, yeah. like... Yeah, he's, I think that's oh, what okay, he's about to No, it's like just a broad example. Like when we're talking about like, yeah, people who get abortions, like that's the them. And it's like, well, no, that that's not like, that's. That's not innately the case. And, well, I mean, and, like, they're the them feel... as in they're not, like, they're a non-Christian who needs the gospel shared with them. But but see, like, that's, and see, that's the thing, like, see, I, I think you just lumped someone into a them. And again, like, I'm not, I can't say I know anybody specifically, but, like, that's where, like, you just you just define them as a non-Christian. I'm, like, I'm going to at least approach them like a non-Christian. You know, the same, the same way that I would, like, if someone was, was... I'm sorry. You okay? Go. Good. I'm good. You have to. She's gonna get a headache. It makes my stomach. But we can't. We can't pause it. Right? No, <laughs> so, keep going. I want to hear. I we're good. Uh, I might yeah, have to but... do a little bit of editing. <laughs> but hang on. So you said, oh yeah, I'm. I'm going to confront them. I'm going to talk to them as though they're a non-Christian. Just like if like someone was cheating on their wife, it's like you know I I can if I know that they profess to be a Christian then that's one thing. And if I know that the person who had the abortion is professing to be a Christian, I can talk to them one way. But like the default position that I'm going to have with someone who I don't know and they just cheated on their wife, it's like, wow, that is fruit that indicates what type, what type of tree, you know, a person is. So it's like, you know, we can have a conversation, maybe, say, oh, I do profess Christ. And it's like, then the, the nature of the conversation would change. But like, I, that's that's what I see the New Testament authors doing. That's what I see like Christians for the past two thousand years doing. And it's like uh, you're not going to say like, oh, you and okay, there are Westboro whoever you know type of people who would say you just had an abortion. There can never be any hope for you. You are definitely going to hell no matter what. You might as well kill you. Like there, there is right. like a fraction of one percent of professing Christians who would probably say that. Maybe it's even a whole percent for all I know. But like I've never met any of them. And certainly, you know, you're not talking to people who are like that, right? Right. Like, no, so no, that's no. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not accusing you guys, but uh, but what? But you know, like I think, I, I, I think what you just said clarified because because I, you know, you're like okay, that that would be my approach if I didn't know because like my whole thing is like man, like let's be honest, like all of us in this room right now as believers, sin have sinned, you know, have probably made conscious decisions to sin by telling a lie or whatever and i'm like like and so i i just feel like yeah to to lump people do i know this person personally what like the the person that in such a case you know had the abortion or whatever like i said if i know that they're right, that's that's, that's why i said you just then that's one thing i think that clarification yeah. is is big because and and but that's what i you know because i think i think that's significant mm -hmm. you know because because i'm approaching it from you approach it from like, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, what I'm seeing is they're not a believer, and so I'm going to address them and approach them as that. Mm -hmm. And my approach is, I'm approaching them as a person, and 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 
not that you're not, but like, you're, man, Again, I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to misrepresent your actions, but I just feel like your approach is, from what I feel you're saying is, I'm approaching them as a sinner. And, yeah. and my approach is, but sinner I'm, I'm, is not like hopeless person. Like, no, no, no. Beyond, like now I'm in attack mode. Like this is okay. I need to share the gospel. I need to point this person to Christ in a, in a, you know, I'm going to point a Christian to Christ, but I can make some assumptions about what they claim to know. See, so I, I think, I think, I think, I think it's just a different sort of approach. Cause like I would approach them. I'm a, and again, I, I think you're going to come back and say like, Oh, I would do it compassionately. But like, I would just approach them with compassion, with no assumption of let's like, Hey, this is what's happened. You have sinned. Let me develop, you know, relationally get to know you. Let me see if that's even an option or opportunity or if there's background history, whatever there. And then we go from there. Um, I know, Eric, you talked about that even last time, the whole I, like friendship evangelism thing. Or were you going to say something else? Yeah. Well, well like, for me, it's not even a point of evangelism. It's just a point of this is a person yeah. going through something difficult regardless of whether I consider it sin or not, which I, I mean, I would, but you know, like, let me, let me have compassion would and see where that goes. Yeah. I, I, but I, I, I don't know if I would lead with the gospel on that one. Okay. I just want to know, um, from your vantage point, what's the wrong way of going about it? Um, man, my knee jerk almost wants to be like, going in full bore with the gospel on it with okay. no relationship. Okay. Um, just cause I, I, and I, Men of I don't know if I would say, <laughs> I don't know if I would say it's the <laughs> wrong approach, but I don't know if I would say it's the right approach. Either. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, but I think what's, it would be helpful is if you told us what the wrong approach is so that we can compare it to what we're saying. And is, is, is this really just us talking past? Are you, saying that I'm against this way of approaching it and then you're misidentifying our approach as that approach or is it in fact the same thing? You know what I'm saying? So, you know... Uh, like, I'm, uh, uh, oh, sorry. No, I, I was going to say, like, I don't... I don't know if I would say I would approach this with a Christian agenda. Um, so what's I would the end goal? compassion and like with and with the hope that that com that it's evident that that compassion is displaying the compassion of Christ the love of Christ that it's like hey that it that I'm reflective of that um I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it can be considered compassion I get that it feels nice and feels compassionate to just like soothe someone in their hour of distress but I mean, this this definitely would go back to what we talked about last time, where it's like, if I if they're dying of cancer, and I have a cure that I can present to them, it's not compassionate for me to be like, well, let me you know try to alleviate some of your symptoms, if I have the actual cure. And you know, if they refuse the cure, that's one thing. <laughs> and and it's like the gospel isn't just like, oh, okay, well, you did that bad thing let me tell you a story about Jesus. Like you do ask exploratory questions and you get to know about that person's life, but it's not like it, it, it doesn't matter 
whether or not I develop a friendship with this person. God is the one that opens the eyes. And God can, just like when, when Paul saw, when Paul in Acts 17, he saw these people doing all these wretched pagan accepted rituals, he doesn't like seek to make a name for himself, build this, you know, compassionate, uh, like arms out type of food ministry. And then he can, you know, start to slip in some gospel talk here and there. Like he says, men of Athens, like th this unknown God that you have a shrine to, let me proclaim who he is. Like he created you. He cre he set the borders of the earth. He set the boundaries for all the countries and, and he goes in and like, it's God that opens hearts. And I, I think this really, a, a big part of this hit me last time we had this conversation. It's like a lot of this does come down to like, the Calvinism Arminianism thing where it's like, do you believe that God is the one who opens hearts or do you believe that it's our finesse? And I believe, I get that like God uses means to achieve ends. And so he can use like, he can use a friendship, but the idea that like it is necessary for me to spend however long, you know, buttering this person up before I give the gospel. And that will make the difference as to whether they come to Christ. It's like, I think you're putting too much faith in, in uh, public speaking. But I guess my... I mean... I don't disagree with everything you're saying. <laughs> um, no, but like... But I also think that like... You know, it, it's... When, when you're talking about like... You know, oh, do you, you know, like... You know, it's... I wanted to stop you and I held my tongue. Um, and now I've lost the the verb that you used um but you're talking about like hey you know it's it's not a matter of like finessing it's like you know like you can speak a hard truth like i feel like that's at times such a and i'm not saying this of you directly i'm saying like that it's such it's it's used as a lazy tool to not have to get to know the individual exactly would, would you like, say that about like, paul hey, <clears throat> uh, at times, I would, I, I think so, and I think, I think like at the, the same apostle time, Paul. I mean, I, I, I'm not like putting him on a divine pedestal, no. like he never made any mistakes, but it's like, yeah, I, I think, but I think like he's casting an extremely broad net to a to a large group versus like like the situation that you're talking about. It's like, like it's like he's fishing for men, right? But like, <laughs> which. There's a there's a difference between you know casting a broad net versus like having a one on one interaction, just being like baiting a hook. Yeah, like, like that's like walking into a room, walking up to someone, being like, "You're a sinner, repent," and then walking up to someone else, "You're a sinner, repent," and like just walking out that's and being not like, "At all, know, what Paul did or what I'm proposing." Right, or... right, right. But, but, but what? I, it's in the vein of what you're proposing. No, I. The that. Tool, like again not verbatim that tool of just like hey it's it's not it's not the words i use it's it's the lord who opens <clears throat> the eyes i'm just merely called like there are people who use that as i would argue a weapon um a, a, out of sheer laziness and and so like and what i'm what i'm advocating for is when i when i say compassion i'm not sitting there like invite them to tea and then be their bff or anything like that. and i know that's not what you're saying um but like like just like hey how are you doing are you okay this sucks let's talk let's understand each other let me come in and like with no assumptions you tell me you talk to me and from there hopefully 
you see my approach is different. That is and, and, 100% and like, how I've shared the gospel. Let me like, tell me about your experience yeah. with church and with religion and everything. And like, you know, that, that is a lot of times how I start off, but it's like my end game in conversation one is like, I need to let this person know that like the only hope that exists for them exists in Christ. And I, it's I, like I think... the, the fact if, if the scripture prescribes a method and that method is capable of being abused and being a tool for, you know, promoting la- laziness or if just because that tool is capable of being abused does not mean that it's not the tool we should use if that's the one the scripture prescribes. I, I think I think what I'm taking um, issue with is um, the, the two part like it, it's. When you say like, well, then I would go in treating them as such as as if they were a non-believer, and then two, the fact that there is even an agenda. Period, and and that's not to agenda say that like meaning like I need to share at, at the with end this of this. Is, yeah, exactly that, and and so like and 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 here's the thing like like I'm not I'm not advocating against evangelism by any stretch of the imagination, but just like I'm going into this with that like I feel like at at that point. You're no longer, you're deaf to the person. I, oh, uh, just, can I say wholeheartedly two, disagree. I think I understand. Okay, so I'm, if I'm understanding what you're trying to say, you're saying, you're saying, okay, so you're preaching to someone that's a number of people. Like, you kind of, at the end of it, you just don't really care about, you're just kind of ignoring their, what they're kind of going through, but you just kind of, the main goal is, okay, as long as I convert this person to a Christian. You don't really care that, about... Convert or at least like, hey, hey I, I tried. Why? So you so you think like so, like some Christians like, oh, like you kind of like getting to know them, but you don't really care. You just the main goal is to yeah, yeah okay, yeah right. because because that's that's uh, been that's been that's been my experience. Like, okay, like yeah. I have that's why I, was I have, understand what you were trying to say. You know, like I have, you know, I have been in campus ministries. I've done evangelism. You know, and and there have been people who are like, hey, like I I. Hey, like they would cold call some walk up. Hey, how you doing? Oh, that's great. What what you're waiting for a class? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Can I talk like, hey, yeah, that reminds me of like this thing that I was reading this today in the Jesus Bible said, or whatever. Yeah. You know, and it's just like And again, just because a like, method that is, is capable of being abused does not not mean that that's not the one the scripture espouses. Okay, you said you had two things. Well, I was just going to say um to Miguel cuz you know, we've had several conversations of things of this nature. Like what it seems, what seems to be happening is there's this thing, and um, you would be one side, would be the other side, right? This side, which is your side, will be saying, um, this can be bad, and then we'll be saying, well, this can be good. We're not necessarily disagreeing with or yeah. with each other in, on that. It's front. like there's a lot of in between. Yeah, that we would both agree. It can be bad, bad, and you can bring up. Um, you know examples of how it can be bad and it can be good and we can bring up examples mm-hmm. of how it can be good um like the example that you were saying right now through experience like yeah that's um i i think it's bad just because it's not genuine right and the, and and that's and and, Wait, and i agree what, what's not genuine when when it's like uh you're you're setting up it's almost you're setting up for the punchline in a sense like you're waiting for Buttering. them to say something that will be able to lead you into the bible like oh, oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like and, that um and it becomes quite obvious yeah. what the whole... formulaic yeah yeah but so here's the thing like yeah that's that's not um it's like i said it's not it's not genuine 
But to have the end goal be that, where I get to talk to someone about the Bible, that's not the bad thing. Right. So, so I, I agree with your saying, like, you know, that we sit on opposite ends and we think that there's like middle ground there and all that. My, the reason I think I sit on the side that I sit on where like, yes, that can be a tool for good is because I, I more often see it used, right. um, poorly or or you know and or i think it sets you up for issues or 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 it's it's a model that when you know somebody does that model well they teach somebody else and now it's just it's it becomes uh formulaic or or Mm -hmm. setting up for the punchline like you said yeah and so and i think that's the issue with that is it more often does that instead of what we should be espousing is hey be christ-like love people care about people yeah. let that shine yeah and that w- should come about like that yeah. conversation even in conversation one should naturally arise versus going in with the all right uh they did something bad i'm gonna come at them like as if they were a sinner and the goal at the end of this is to like mention christ and and get there you know, like that's well, I'm I'm going to come at them like they're a sinner because they are. And I don't mean like they're a sinner as in like they have a little devil tail and horns and, and like I got to snipe them out before they cause any more havoc. It's like this person is lost and in need of salvation. Like or, I, or there's, there's nothing or has just committed a sin. Well, period. Yeah, okay. Like like full stop on that. Like like and I get what you're about to say. Like, oh, but like it's unrepentant sin. But like, oh. man, like I would I would. I feel so comfortable sitting in. I would say that there are people going to heaven who are going to tomorrow wake up and probably go to a clinic and have an abortion and after the fact still make it to heaven because they've committed a sin. You're feeling comfortable about a statement. Hold hold on. Hold on. Absolutely. But because I I don't see it as what this person is about to do is defining the rest of their life right. or defines their relationship with Christ. I, I think it's, I think it's an, I think the relationship with Christ, I think, I think what that, what is about to occur is a reflection of their current life situation and people screw up, people make mistakes or people are stuck between a rock and a hard place in current life situations. But that is not reflective of their relationship with Christ. Right, right. Okay. I just want to interject, okay, because again, what we're going to end up doing is talking past each other, because this is why I wanted you to define what you think is bad, right? Mm-hmm. Because I want to see if this is the same thing as what we're talking about, which I think a lot of times isn't. Like, none of us want something that's disingenuous, um, that at the end of the day is, there's no actual, I don't want to just say passion, but there's an actual deep desire um through faith to do right which is you know talk to people tell people about jesus because if you, you do it half-hearted and you don't care it's going to be obvious right right none of us want that right you're saying that's bad we're saying that's bad okay i think you confuse that for having the idea of wanting to evangelize be the, the main goal would you would you say that that's say, say that's, that again i think you confused what i just said uh, being so formulaic and apathetic and whatnot that for wanting to have evangelism to be the main goal like if you're going out to talk to people because you want there to be an opportunity to tell them about christ 
we don't see that as bad and, and i don't think that you would right right no i don't i don't think uh having that evangelizing is bad right okay so the having the goal to talk to them about the gospel even if it's the first conversation isn't bad it might be the approach you take that could be bad agreed okay so that's what we're really getting is, is methodology um which i'm sure we could find common ground here we we're just talking about um i guess like i do want us to expand on this because i don't think so this is something i've thought about and it, it kind of i don't want to say it bothers me but it's like when we talk about unrepentant sin I, I, I agree with you, like, there's not a single person here, and there's not a single person in church that hasn't been a single person in all history that isn't going to be sinning every day. And that's not going to die with some, you yeah. know, unconfessed, let's say, or even unaware sin yeah. in their life. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, so it's like, what does... So we're all... Mm. I mean, and maybe I'm wrong with that. Maybe there were people that did... Um, I'm not necessarily arguing that there was, but at the end of the day, if you don't believe there ever was anybody, then what becomes unrepentant and what becomes truly repentant? Mm -hmm. I think that ultimately is going to be decided on uh, from God, mm -hmm. if you all agree. Um, this person who has an abortion, I do believe they can end up in heaven. You know, I, I don't think that there is, there is a sin that leads to death and there's a sin that doesn't, or there's, there is sin mm -hmm. that doesn't lead to to death and as far as we know the only unforgivable sin whatever it meant mm -hmm. i don't think it meant abortion blasphemy right? of the holy spirit yeah. Yeah. About, yeah so it's like okay so nothing what you just said i personally mm -hmm. wouldn't disagree with yeah they're well go ahead well they travis and david cringed hard at that statement. because there's a default position well go ahead and finish what you're saying now. well because and, but this is what you're i think you're gonna get at, and this is why i want to interject this because i think there's a cringe because I, I think that, again, both sides are maybe picking up on something that may or may not be there. And I think that's why we have to qualify. Yeah. Okay. So so when you said the thing about like, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that this is 100% not true. Um, you said there's a person who right now professes to be a Christian, will go to bed, will wake up in the morning, will have an abortion... And then, you know, at some point in the future, we'll die and we'll actually go to heaven. Yes. Okay, so you said that. And it's yeah. like, I cringe hard at that, not because I don't believe that it's possible um, or that a Christian can't commit a heinous sin like that. You know, someone who truly is part of a covenant. But if, it, let's say there's a person, they claim that they're a Christian, that, you know, they say they're a Christian. They're going to go to sleep tonight. They're going to uh, wake up in the morning. They're going to go to their mom's house and shoot her in the face. And then, you know, in a couple of days, they're going to die and they're going to go to heaven. I'm not saying that that person, it's 100% impossible that that person is a Christian. But to act like there's not an evidence of whether or not that person's profession of faith is real in their, in the fruit that they bear seems uh, absurd. But see, like that, but see, that's, that's to kill your where... mom versus to kill your, you know, son or daughter. Right. I, so we, but, and this is why sometimes I get frustrated because, because we put so much onus on the one bad as if it weighs out, outweighs everything else. And, and I'm not saying it's what a else, one for, what else is it being weighed well, against? Because, because, because saying we're taking, like you're taking a particular sin, a particular day. Yeah. Well, like they had a bad life day. and this was the sin. And then this is the, the bearing uh, a fruit of a tree that mm -hmm. seems wicked instead mm -hmm. of, of good. And, and what, what Miguel, what you're saying is that every day you can find that kind of wicked fruit mm -hmm. in a believer, in a very staunch believer. Or, or even, or even you could be like, Hey, but 
I mean, look at the positive fruit that they've had. And, and again, well, like, these are all hypotheticals. Like, these uh, aren't real yes. people that we're talking about. So it's it, that makes it extremely... If it's being right, weighed nuanced. against anything, it's being weighed against the blood of Christ, which well, is either which present is, or absent. And this is very true. But I just want to uh, see if we can all come to a consensus then that despite that, you know, that uh, there's good fruit and there's bad fruit or whatever, would you not say, would we not all agree that when you've had an abortion or you've you've shot your mom in the face there is this the alarm bells are ringing there's concern and we, we have to absolutely mm -hmm. okay so we're absolutely. on once again but, we're on the same page but i what so so i i i want to go back to kind of what i had said was i feel what often happens is we take circumstances of life and we use that to define circumstances of faith and and those are uh Correlation, not causation. Okay. Uh, yeah, or yeah, mm. I'll, I'm gonna withtract that statement because that. I think what you want to say is it's a little more gray than black and white. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Because because again, like, there are times, and I mean, like, two of us are married, where our wife will ask us something, and we're like, if I tell you the 100% blunt and honest truth, <laughs> this will not go necessarily great. Mm. So I'm going to fluff that a little bit, you know, <laughs> and it's like, well. Did you just kind of lie? Maybe a little bit, sort of. It's like, yeah. Was that a conscious decision? Yeah. And and so like back to really back to I that example. Um, <laughs> so I just I try to be not curt, but it's like, no. I hey hey, if you're asking, I know <laughs> I gotta I tell you. I don't know. I'm yeah, I'm pretty good. I am known to be honest to a fault, mm -hmm. and and like hey, like this is. But you know, there are there times where I'm like, I know that my honest to a fault is not going to go over well. Mm -hmm in this moment that it's been a hard day or whatever mm -hmm. yeah you know and and so again it, that feeds right back to what you're saying about um you know you can look at a, a believer's day and see you know fruit of you know and, and so i just i i do think that there are I, I remember having a conversation with a college roommate and he was like uh uh it, well a couple of my college roommates and the com and we're all believers and the conversation was owning a firearm and someone was like, oh, I, I disagree with it completely. The guy's like, no, I, I fully believe in it. And then it was like, well, was someone broke into your house? And he's like, oh, I'd shoot them. And it's like, so you'd commit murder. He's like, oh, I'd be defending myself. And then it, it devolved into this yeah, whole conversation. Yeah, we talked about this even yeah. here. Yeah. You know, oh, uh, well, what, where's the line of defending yourself? Where's the line of killing yourself? Where's the line of having faith that Christ will protect you and save you and all this? And not necessarily save your life, but, mm -hmm. you know. And so, and so like, and and again... I would, <clears throat> I wouldn't sit here and try to justify or defend someone's um, salvation in that. I would say that's a circumstance of mm -hmm. life, and and that is not a circumstance of faith. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and and so when we hit sometimes these sensitive topics, I feel like we are. Um, would would you it, be comfortable calling it fruit? Yeah. Uh. Would I be comfortable in saying that, like, that, that situation of, like, someone breaking that into your house and defending or, yourself you know, is whatever. a fruit? Yeah. I in the don't... sense that Jesus means it in Matthew 7. <sighs> Which is really that, just that... that it's a deed. Yeah. Like, it's a... Anyway, sure. It's an action. The point is the deed taken. comes okay. from a source. Sure. Right. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I don't... I, I think we, at times, become very callous in saying, like, well, that that is a that is a you know a bad fruit. 
that's indicative of this. I'm like, I'm like, but but sometimes we need to look at the situation. And, and I think honestly that that is what the entire argument about Texas abort about Texas's new abortion laws are is like, oh well, what about this case of uh, of rape? What about the case of a child or what mm-hmm. about you know? And it's, and it's like the child. What, what do you mean the child? Uh, would 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 you force of a 14 year old to, oh, okay. to give birth yeah. um you know or would you get would you force a woman who was raped to give birth to her rapist mm-hmm. child that kind of thing and it, it's you know the these are circumstances of life um and and we're we're just trying to pass a very broad blanket issue on it and i think that there's it's fair to say hey if this occurs like that's a huge red flag that's a that's an issue of concern mm-hmm. but we also need to look at circumstances of life that sometimes we have no option if Mm. someone breaks into my house and has a gun pointed at me technically i have an option defend myself or don't defend myself you know but now if i've defended myself and i've killed somebody even if they didn't have a gun they just broke into my house and i was fearful of that that's a circumstance of life and i i don't i wouldn't feel comfortable saying like hey uh you're a believer you shouldn't uh kill anybody you should have had faith that everything would have been all right. Whether that means you died, everything would have been all right, or uh, you know you didn't die, everything would have been all right. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would feel comfortable saying that's a circumstance of life, and I'm not willing to make mm-hmm. any assumption or or to sit here and be like, oh I I you know like this we need to define this somehow. We need to put this in the camp of x or y i think i would approach it with compassion like that's a sucky situation to be in i am so sorry (laughs) that that happened how are you how are you feeling what is going on inside of you let me get there Mm -hmm. instead of instead of being concerned about lumping that into a camp so and i know we've talked about this before but i feel like there's almost like a false choice being uh talked about here and I think this is kind of what Eric was getting at, where it's like either you can be compassionate, which is getting to know the person on a personal level and, um, you know, hoping that eventually that compassion will be viewed as the compassion of Christ. And then, you know, and, and then at that point, however much longer later it, it is in the relationship, preaching the gospel versus the pressure cell of like, oh, man, I got this one shot. I got this one conversation and like I, I absolutely have to. And so even if it's like awkward and, you know, whatever, I'm, I got to share the gospel. Um, we're at like, so I've been able to pretty recently, you know, talk to two people about the gospel. And one of them uh, was like, I, I started the conversation and I was like, okay, well, you know, just t- kind of tell me a little bit about like what your experience with Christianity and what the church has been. And they said that they grew up Catholic and you know, then they did this, they did this, all this. So, like, I, I, I do try to, you know, get to know that. I try to get to know the person that I'm speaking to instead of just, like, here's a memorized formulaic, like, ABC, admit that you're a sinner, believe that Jesus died, confess him as your... Like, I've been taught that way. And it's like, no, you gotta... You really do need to get to know the person. Um, if you're having a one-on-one conversation, it behooves you to get to know the person so that you can share the gospel as it applies directly to their life now you know paul also speaks to broader audiences um and so it's obviously not personalized there the other person that i talked to about the gospel you know i got to know a little bit about her and you know she just shared some things that um she 
is not willing to accept about the Bible and about like the resurrection and those sorts of things. And, but she said she prays and she, she prays to God for things that, you know, she is stressed about or, or, you know, wants. And I told her like, man, you know, God does love you and his hand of salvation is extended to you. And like, I, I pray that at some point, you know, you'll, uh, you'll know him as your savior and that you'll you'll be miraculously saved that you'll see um the light of christ and that you'll call out to him for salvation um so it i'm not like you know just get them through the steps you know have them write their name in the back of a new bible and the date of their <laughs> conversion and that like i've i've i grew up with all that kind of stuff and i think that that's a golden calf and i've i've seen preachers do that so that they can later brag about how many people they rushed into a conversion. It's like, oh, at my last revival I preached, I had 66 kids come to know. And it's like, that is so, that is so sleazy. And it's it's so wretched and vile and, and just like wicked that you're going to treat souls like they're, you know, nuts and bolts on a, on a factory aisle. So I get that that's not the case. But at the same time, like you you said you know i would treat the person like a sinner and you would treat the person like a person it's like if if i'm a if i'm a doctor and i learn that a person has a uh what do you call it when there's like an expanded blood vessel is that an aneurysm or is an aneurysm when it breaks that's when it breaks so what is it when it's like there's a blood vessel that's like ballooned hemorrhoid is it? Is it? No. I mean, I know, is, I know that that, that, that is what, what that is, is when it's in a particular place. <laughs> but like, let's say that they have a hemorrhoid. Uh, <laughs> let's say they let's say they have a ballooned vessel like in their brain, Which and it's like you know, I can I can you know get to know them and take them out for coffee and get to know them at the per- but it's like the most important thing I know about that person right now is that they're in danger, and I have an obligation as a doctor to try to address it to let them know. And like there might be some procedures that are uncomfortable or that are risky, but it's like, look, I'm I'm gonna try to save this person's life. Not that the evangelist is capable of saving. I get that God is the one who saves, but it's like, yeah, they're a person. They have a background, and and I do ask them questions about like who they, you know, what their experience with Christianity has been, and and you know what they know about Christianity already. But the most important thing that I know about that person is that they're lost. And that ballooned blood vessel might not kill them today, or it might not kill them in the next week or whatever, but it's it's irresponsible of me to leave that unaddressed. And yeah, if someone, if the only things that I see about a person is that they, you know, shot their grandma in the face or whatever it is, like, I think it's reasonable to, as a default, approach that person as though they're not living full of the light of Christ. I don't think that's unreasonable. Yeah, I think I... <sighs> I know, and I, I really <laughs> want to threaten violence against you if you say I'm straw manning you. Um, but like, but just but, the false choice thing that I, I think that's the big. You know, like my my thing is, you know, you're comparing it. You know, it's as if I was a doctor, and I, yeah, but there is a procedural remedy to that. You know. And and with someone's salvation, there is no procedural remedy to it. Is there a is so, there a um, uniform, always going to be applied the same way remedy to a ballooned blood vessel? But but there are steps to take. Yeah, and right? I'd and, say and, there's and, steps to take in evangelism. I, you need to. 
let the person know about the resurrected savior. Like that's a pretty important thing they'd have to know about. Well, I think, yeah, go ahead. No, I just think that the issue again, I think that you are coming from a place where you're like, I haven't seen the compassion that needs to be there. And I want there to be more compassion. I think that we're coming from a place that's saying that there needs to be, it's, it's biblical that there is a divide, you know, there isn't us and them. That's how Jesus speaks about it. You know, um, I, I have not come to bring peace, but come to divide. He literally says that. I'm just that brother against brother. Yeah. Um, but it's not, it's obviously not without um, compassion, what you're saying, and it's not without love. And I think that there have been a lot of Christians that have been at fault for not having enough compassion. And Oh, and he says, a man's enemies will be they of his own house. Right, yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's it, it, his, his point is it's, it's true division, you know. Um, yeah. So the sheep and the goats. Right. And so um I don't I don't think though <clears throat> that that's something to strive for. I don't think that's something and I don't think that that's something to like Do you think it's like that's something to Do you think it's something to be uncomfortable with? I think that's something that will exist. It, I, yeah, yeah I like I, we... like I think I think that's something that just that's going to come about. Right. But I don't think that's something to be like like yeah, there's there's gonna be division between them, and that's totally like good and cool, and like I'm happy for it. Like like I, I just because it is how something will be doesn't mean that it is that I should be like sure whatever about it, you know. Like and so like like there will be division. I'm fu- I fully agree with that statement. There will absolutely be division. There will be people who will be hostile towards my beliefs or to my person because of my beliefs. They will be hostile just because their beliefs and my beliefs don't line up, and not they be physically hostile, but just we will not um, mesh well. Would you, you know? say that even um, non-hostile people are are still divided? Yes. From yeah, us? yeah. 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 Okay. That, that's that's actually the best way to say it. And so, so like I do believe that 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 w- that that is and will be the case, but I do not want to perpetuate that, and I am, and and. I'm. This is gonna sound grander than I intended to, but like, I don't, I don't want to just sit there and be like, "There's divide over there, and I'm over here, and we don't cross." You know, I'm okay with there being crossover. Like, hey, I'm going into places that are uncomfortable. I'm going into places or to be with people who are against me or who are divided from me. Right. And and that's where that's where I say like I, I sometimes think that there's, um not only a, a, a danger in that you become so isolated, but I think that there's also a danger in the sense that you then begin to perpetuate it, it, it you know, issues within just compound and snowball um, and, and it gets out of control. And, 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 and that's, I think that's where you end up with people saying like, Oh, they, they have a holier than thou mentality and stuff like that because they sit there in the, well, I'm different from you. And it's like, well, by nature, I'm different from you, but I'm also the same as you, and that shouldn't be. In that like, I'm a sinner. In that I'm a sinner. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, salvation. Yeah. Yeah. Can um, we, well, go ahead. No, no, go, go. Can I tell a story? Yes. Uh, well, did you have, were you going to say something to that? Or? Uh, I mean, I, I could, but then I, I don't know how long it would take. To well, I mean, <laughs> hopefully not too long. Uh, when I, when I was 21, and I was not yet 
a Calvinist or really like looking into it or taking it very seriously. I was at a church actually in Gainesville and uh, the the young adults group that was there um, was going to start a study on Calvinism and basically like a we're going to tear it to pieces like we're we're going to look into Calvinism and just see how it's not true and all that kind of stuff. And the pastor of the church who was open, he was more open to that. He said, like, can I join in? Like, can I, I'm, I would like to be up there while you guys have this discussion. And he would come in week after week. And this was maybe, I think it was a five week series because it was like the five points <clears throat> and we were going to go against him. Um, and so he'd come in week after week and like, you know, we would say why we had a problem with, you know, total depravity because the rationale of a person is still whatever. We have a problem with unconditional election. We have a problem with limited atonement. Like, we would we would talk about how we have a problem with it and a lot of what we would say was i don't think god could be like that or that makes you know how this makes me feel or or things that i'm comfortable or uncomfortable saying or or how god might be perceived if such things are true about them and then what the pastor would say is like he he would just bring up scripture and he'd say well okay like you guys might be uncomfortable with this but like you need to know that the scripture says this and like if the scripture says it we need to be comfortable with it and I remember, I think it was like the second or third week in that series, like I, the first week I was very vocal and outspoken anti-Calvinist. The second week I was a little less so. And then so I guess it would have been like maybe by the third week, like I was just silent for the whole time. And I was listening to other people in the young adults group kind of like dismiss stuff or like say, you know, how it made them feel or whatever. And then I was listening to this pastor who's like an older man like super wise, gentle, and just saying like, okay, but the scripture says this, this, this. And I remember going to the bathroom after that and like weeping because I was like, I've been so like, he, this guy is just saying scripture and I'm so mad at him for pointing out merely what the scripture says. And like, this is, this is going to suck because, and that really was when I started to go down my path that led me toward Calvinism is like, I'm going to have to totally re- assess what I believe about who God is, what salvation is, like what, what it means to be in the covenant, the people of God. Like I, my whole world is about to come crashing down around me. And if I become a Calvinist, no one's going to let me preach in their churches anymore. No one's going to sponsor me to go to South America. And that was true. Like all those doors got shut to me. But I just remember going into that bathroom and weeping because like he would bring up scripture so often. And all I would say is like kind of how that made me feel about it or things that made me feel comfortable or uncomfortable. And it's like, I, I know David brought this up last time is like, you know, there, I, I, if I were in your shoes, Miguel, I feel like I would be less, um, well, I'm a hundred percent comfortable saying this or, or like, I, I a hundred percent believe this is like a, a parts of the body issue not like a, it's like if, if you're talking to people who are consistently bringing up scripture and I get like, okay, we went to Bible college, but like, you know, we, I've learned a lot more about scripture and theology outside of Bible college than I ever did inside of Bible college. And I think Eric would probably say the same thing. Uh, and it's yeah. like, really? <laughs> or you're saying that what you were taught at Bible college or even just conversations that you had with Christians while you were in Bible college? I think it was it was the same. Uh, but I, you don't at a, at a local church ever dig into That's true. ancient Greek, you know, and then yeah. like to actually take a book apart. But, but it's like, I feel like all of that is available. Yeah, and certainly like you well, can I, I was gonna say like i wouldn't say i'd learned less and i'm outside. glad like you know that you go to to bible studies at your church and you're exploring these sorts of things but like that that's what made me really uncomfortable was the fact that this guy kept saying scriptures and i was never really bringing up scriptures okay i had a few scriptures memorized that were like my 
you know, silver bullets against Calvinism, I thought. Um, <laughs> but it's like, it really gave me pause to, to see myself uh, charged with emotion and like merely talking about how things made me felt or how God might be perceived or how Christianity might be perceived. And this guy was just saying the words of Christ, saying the words of scripture to me. And so I don't know if I'd be as comfortable saying like, oh, I'm 100% sure this is a body, a parts of the bodies thing. I'm, I'm firm in that, in that conviction, or I'm 100% comfortable saying, you know, this about a person who has an abortion. Like, I'd just be more cautious, I guess is the word. That's the story. Like, that was the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if you have a response. No, I, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think it's fair, you know, I, and I, have tried to make no uh no i'm under no delusion that i uh am not as well versed or or even that i don't come arguing scripture um but i, w I wouldn't dare argue scripture you know like 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 frankly like i i under i know who you guys are i know your your spirit i know your faith and i i wouldn't sit here and be like like i would study it i would be happy to open it up but like I'm not going to cherry pick verses as mm. ammunition and be like, well, haha, this is what this one scripture says. Well, and then... do you, do you think there are consistent <clears throat> scriptural arguments that would back up your, uh, analysis of the issue of which issues? Of, of the issues, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, the, the validity of viewing the world as Christians and non-Christians, like that there's a divide there or seeing them as enemies or, or yeah. you know, just all the things that we disagree with. Like, do you think that there are consistent biblical arguments that support your side on those issues? Yeah, yeah. No, like, like I... Because I'd say, like, hunt those, like, find them, you know, and and, and come to us with them. And, and like, I, I know there's, like, a learning curve, but, like sure we're ahead of where you are now but like like i said at least for me maybe not so much for eric i mean it helped learning some greek i don't do a lot with greek right now mm -hmm. um and haven't largely since college but um it's like most of the theological stuff that i've learned like i've learned a lot of it just on youtube and on you know yeah so even through conversations I mean, like i, these. I, mean, I wouldn't, if, I wouldn't if, disagree with that you know if yeah, that's if that's something that we want to do like i'm happy to to dive in and and, and you know kind of essentially do a study on that like i'm, I'm more than happy to i've i've not done it because of kind of the episodic nature of how we've jumped around and, and yeah. skipped around and yeah. everything um and and in and in in hopes of maybe not dragging out a subject too long because i know we kind of go mm -hmm. what two hours sometimes on mm -hmm. a podcast and then for next week to come up and we've just, done over three you know yeah yeah, yeah exactly like you know I'm, yeah no, I'm, I but I'm, I'm happy to you know yeah. like and so uh you know on Many of my arguments, I feel comfortable that I would be able to make a biblical thing. Um, I also, I, I, I'm intentionally saying a study on it um, because I, I also want to be very cautious about how I use scripture. And I'm not saying you're not being like that. That is not a, an accusation, but I. The silver bullet, like you were saying, cherry picking. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to cherry pick a line and be like, yeah, ha ha here in, you know, we see God kill the firstborn. Clearly God's okay with murdering children. You know, like, like that's poor theology. Mm -hmm. That's uh, spiritual immaturity, you know? And so I 
I won't. Like, personally, it's, it's my conviction to not come and just be like, okay, well, I know this verse, um, or I know generally, mm-hmm. like, I like to sit here and be like, I know the, the background of it, I know, you know, I know the context, I know what's coming before, what's coming after, and here's where I'm coming mm-hmm. from on that. And, and, um, I and so I would ask, study. I would ask, like, you know, of you and of, of Eric, just of anyone who's having a conversation with me, like, if if you, if I'm doing that, if I'm handling the scripture, uh, like, irresponsibly, or or just cherry picking verses, you know, taking things out of context, being immature with it, like I I want to be called out on that. Yeah, and, 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 and like we've done this to each other a lot. You know, I feel like probably probably Eric and I have done this. I feel like you've probably done this to me more than any other individual in my life ever. Just like really made me well really like called me out on like misapplication of a text or um just misapplication of a principle (laughs) and so yeah i mean that's that whole like iron sharpening iron yeah you know um yeah no i'm not and i'm not accusing you of that and yeah a lot lot of times i didn't feel a a lot of times i just i just say hey i I trust okay i I, sure Mm -hmm. i believe you i believe you and i know you're coming from a place that's not a i'm here to win because i don't think that's what we ever really set out for. That's what I'm always um, in it for. <laughs> you know? Um, so, so yeah, that, that's that's kind of my response. Like, I'm happy to, to kind of dive in and do a study. Um, I just didn't know if that was going to be, you know, a Well, feeling. and I just meant in general. Like, you know, if, if you... Um, if I'm reading a news article or if I'm reading, like, a Reddit post about the Texas abortion, whatever, uh, like... And I want to know, like, okay, what should a Christian response to this be? Like, is it is it unreasonable to, you know, even let's talk about the case of rape. Let's talk about, you know, health of the mother or life of the mother. Um, you know, what is a Christian take on that? And a lot of times, like, I'll just look something up, like look up videos by pastors that I trust um, or by apologists that I, that I trust. And I feel like I wind up running to the same, you know, probably dozen people. Um, but I, I feel like that's helped a lot, you know, just like pausing in the moment and being like, I don't know if I have a well-rounded biblical answer to this argument or this point. I don't have a counterpoint, um, like just to just to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. You had something earlier. I mean, the only thing I was going to say actually was something that, that you said, but it has it's not so much just you. Um, but I just, I hear this a lot and it just um, kind of irks me, but I do believe that life is obviously complex, com- complicated, and there's obviously gray. Mm-hmm. So you can't just blanket. People have bad brush. days. Um, yeah. Or, you know, like, like if we talk about abortion, there's, there's a lot of reasons why someone would get an abortion, right? You talk about rape. Um, maybe they're really young incest, you know, like, or because I just don't feel like being a parent, you know? So and yeah. those are not all the same. Right. Totally get it. My problem is the idea that, I mean, this is just a good discussion on its own, but like, I think there's a lot of those, especially this kind of topic. I think there's just a lot scripture is clearly saying about it, that the great thing about scripture is it turns the gray into black and white. And I've heard many I've, times, many times, not oh, yeah. all the time, which I don't know what you do at those times but um and I, so like the reason i just bring that up is not necessarily i think that you were you were saying that um but just that i've heard that and it's like if 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 scripture 
when it's something this important, when it's talking about life and death or something that, that can deal with your salvation, you know, it's like, if scripture is not black and white about it, then I, I don't see the point of it. So, you know, like what was, this is a really important thing that every human being is going to struggle with. And then, you know, God doesn't even bother writing it. Like, it doesn't really make sense to me. So here's, I, I, I agree with you. But I also, I want to take in our biases into account. Okay. Um, and, you know, the example that jumps to mind um, is slavery. Um, you know, I, I want to take in our biases where, you know, like we are biased to thinking and, and <clears throat> believing. And I, I think scripturally it's backed up that, you know, life begins at conception and sacred and xyz etc etc um and then we and we turn to the bible uh and and outside of biblically that feels good and right to us and then biblically we are reinforced by that and then i and then you know we look at you know slavery um or or even um jim crow era segregation mm -hmm. um where that was defended um biblically <coughs> you know uh, us with with arguments that claimed to come from the Bible, uh, it was not defended see, biblically, but it was defended. It was, it was with, the, the it, cherry it, picking and the twisting. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and so, and because of biases, right? And so, and so, I, I'm not saying the Bible's wrong at all. Right. Um, yeah. Like, right. like, well, like, like, so. like, like, let me let me blanket that real real quick. Like, I'm yeah. not saying the Bible's wrong, yeah. but I'm saying our biases. Are exist 100%. and 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 people are, um, you know, lean into their biases, right. and so and so that's where I say like, look, like, I agree with you know life begins at conception, all this stuff, but I'm like, but at the same time, like, I want to approach the situation with compassion, you know, not not saying oh just in case the Bible's wrong, but you know what is, like. Like, com like compassion is regardless of it, it, it's it's not a matter of morality. Compassion, you know. Uh, th that was that how I just said that was ambiguous. Um, but are you so are you trying to say like compassion is just such a safe thing? I I would say compassion's a safe starting point to to and 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 not like. Oh, so that we don't get into harder or more complicated things. But if I start from compassion, I can then start to unwrap things. And then I can start to say, oh, was your decision based off of, I just don't care about life and that there is somebody who even cares about life that people call God? Okay, great. Like, <laughs> there we go. We can get That's there. Uh, or am I approaching you compassionately and you're telling me, like, this was the hardest decision I've ever made. And I'm remorseful of this and I don't understand why God would do something or put me in this situation or whatever. And it's like, great, that's where we go. Okay. And, and so like, and so, and so starting at that point, I think is the, the safe place versus going in and being like, all right, uh, so they're a sinner based off of arguably my biases that are reinforced biblically. Um, and, and, and being able to say like, Hey, like I, that 
is that coming out clear? Am I? I feel yeah. like that's not being clear. No, you're, or, I, I, I get what you're yeah. what you're saying. Um, and so again, like there isn't a necessary disagreement. Um, I'll just share. I just want to share a little, just something from the the Bible that I think brings what makes me really cautious about how we approach all this. Can you say where in the Bible? It's in Chronicles. New Testament. I think oh. it might be Second Chronicles. Well, I was just kidding. I'm not trying to like Chronicles. Yeah, so, so <laughs> on yeah, the spot, well, let's go. What, what it is, I mean, there's actually <laughs> several stories that are like this, so that's why I think it's it's not just this isolated incident. It's a lesson repeated uh, throughout Scripture. Um, but I just want to share th- this one because, you know, this is just, the whole point of this is like someone's trying to do something good, right? And that person was David, and the good was to bring the, the Ark of the Covenant into the city, you know, rejoicing mm-hmm. in God and his faithfulness is going to be great. Whatever. So he, he does that. And things go bad almost right away. Someone ends up dying because of it. And then, you know, it kind of gets weird because then it goes into someone's house that their house gets really blessed by. And uh, you find out that uh, later on, if you go back to the law, when it comes to the Levitical priests or the the Levite, um, they were the ones who were supposed to be carrying the Ark. So God had already given a method. When you deal with the Ark, this is what you're supposed to do. All right. It didn't matter to God that David was just trying to do something good. What mattered to God was how, if David would just listen, right? Obedience. This right. is another st- story where the lesson there is obedience is better than sacrifice, right? And so, like, the point of me bringing this up is, like, compassion is not a bad thing. Compassion uh, is a good thing. But if you don't do it the right way, then it can be a bad thing. Okay. So it's like what we're really getting, when we when we're, like, maybe cringing or whatever, it's like, no, we're not against compassion. We're not against even this heart that you have that wants to to love people. And and I, I think we're all there where we want to see people love the best for them and, and you know, enjoy all eternity together, right? I think we're all on that same page. It's just, for me at least, I think methodology does matter. And if scripture, it's like... Prescribes. It, well, yeah, if it prescribes. But if, let's say, scripture is like blatantly silent on something, then... I don't know, we just draw straws or something. I have no idea how we figure that out. But um, but if it is, right, prescribed, or at least Scripture's telling us time and time again, it matters how you do things, don't just do it, then I think that's why I, I don't... Like, so, you know, going back to the abortion issue, and you wanted to be compassionate as a person, the issue there was just the methodology. Like, is it appropriate at this time to go into the abortion clinic and all that stuff? And... You know, maybe it is appropriate or maybe it isn't. But I think that that's something that you have to to ask. It's not just like, um, how do I love this person? It's how do I also love? Mm. What's the right way of showing love here? Because Mm. I I might be doing that and not in accordance with the way that God wants. And then my love, it doesn't matter. It's Mm. it's become Mm. a rejectable, if you will, sacrifice to the Lord. And like, and there's a selfishness of like, I want to be perceived as, you know, the, the good guy or the nice guy to come in and and help with the issue rather than like the person who's unfortunately like going to confront you with bad news about like your ballooned blood vessel. Right. Or I could say a presumption, Mm -hmm. like being presumptuous as to how, like I can decide, or this is just a good idea to me. And it's like. Um, not taking into account the sovereign king. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I think that's also lost on a lot of modern believers. Like when you, 
if God's being called a king, like we don't deal with kings. Mm. We insult our leaders. You yeah. know what I mean? And we and we choose who they are. <laughs> and we choose who they are, right? Like, uh, maybe. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm really not. Oh boy. I just want to throw a joke. Um, but like with, with the king, it's like... You think the election of DeSantis was... <laughs> no. Okay. But <clears throat> with a king, like you have to prostrate yourself. Mm. Um, you have to like get permission even to get into the throne mm. room. And, you know, then they have to grant that permission. Mm. It's like, it's it's very clear from the beginning that it's a lesser speaking to a greater, right? Mm-hmm. And and you get that even for, with, with God and dealing with Israel, right? It was like a suzerain kind of uh, relationship there. Where it's like, I'm going to be your king. I've just adopted you as my people. This is what I expect from you. And then I think... A what also, kind of relationship? What is it a called? suzerain, right? Isn't that what it's called? Suzerain? S-U-Z-E-R-A-I-N. Suzerain. I don't know. Really? Google. Yeah, quick. Dude, I feel like I feel like that guy from uh, Joe Ogre. <laughs> Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> Suzerain? Spell that. That sounds the the word is familiar. S U Z. Not Suzanne. Uh, I'm gonna be no, so impressed if this is real. E R A. Yep. No wait, that's a video game, but that's what it's definition. Put definition. Put Suzerain definition. Yeah, a sovereign. Dude, you suck as a Jamie. It means a. Sovereign or state having some control over another state. Wow. I was saying, yeah. I, I was wow, like, I I've never heard this word before. I'm really surprised. Life. I'm like, this, you would obviously know this because of no. like, geography. Yeah, I'm a history teacher and an English <laughs> wow. teacher. And I've never heard this word. Color yeah. me impressed. Okay, uh, so, you know, they have a Listen, suzerain Listen, you'll, you'll learn all of this before long. And, yeah. uh... <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll be as smart as you. <laughs> uh, that's an inside joke. Anyways. Um, <laughs> the whole point was just like that, you know, we, when we're doing ministry, when we're just relating and when we're just living, it matters how, not just the what, like, what do I got to do? And then I, I've seen this with, with, you know, I was noticing that even, you know, going to colleges, um, I don't know, maybe I'm going off of a, a rant here, but even something like relationships, you know? Yeah, and I was seeing how people were just going on, you know, their relationships, and maybe I was wrong, but I had the mentality like it doesn't like just matter that um, it's okay to be to get married, right, or, mm-hmm. or to go after a girl or whatnot. It matters how you do it. how you do it, right? And again, like I, I might have been wrong in the way that I was thinking it, but um, yeah, I think if you look at scripture, there's a lot of consequences. You know, Saul lost his kingship and I don't know I feel really bad for that guy do you yeah I mean it like is, it is it's a tough story to watch yeah unfold, like you know? I, I'm not saying you know I'm not saying like he obviously wasn't a saint during all this but it's just like he thinks to himself yeah I'll just I know God said to kill everything but I'll just keep some of it and, and offer his sacrifice to him, like, I feel like he would like that Which and is, Samuel's like dude you fool yeah yeah, yeah. Do you think the Lord delights as much in... Yeah. Um, I want to say two things, then I'm going to go inside. Because my head's totally covered. Uh, mm-hmm. So when it comes to, like, compassion, um, talking to young Christians, I think it's really important for compassion and stuff. But I would sometimes you do have to, like, really, like, get to the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Two-edged sword, man. Because if you care That's about like that person, I think you really should sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna say his name, but a really close friend of mine. Um, is it me? I, 
I know, almost. I feel like if uh, we ask him like three times, he'll end up saying the name. No, but. I won't. I, no, I, I really respect. <laughs> no, not that I want to know. I really respect this fan. Um, it's me. And we we've been friends for a long time, and I've sat down with him a couple times. And I'm like, dude, like, I I I want to see you again. Like, I want to be friends forever with you, and like, I want you to know, like, our friendship is really strong, and I feel like we we would we both seem like our friendship. It's gonna last for a long time, but I want like, do you realize that this is going to end, and I'm not gonna even think about you at all. Like, this is like I don't mm-hmm. like, dude. Like I love you. Like this person's this, not a Christian. Yeah. In Did you had you said that? No. Okay. I don't know. Okay. This guy's not Christian. <laughs> um, and I told him like, dude, like, I'm gonna say some hard things, and mm-hmm. like, it may sound like I'm shaming you i'm like i'm judging you know i'm saying this because i love you Mm. and that i want the best for you and that you do you this this like what you're living right now is not gonna work it's not Mm. true dude like you're living in a shadow you're you're just you're blind i don't like Mm. you're blind i hope that you get to see the light Mm. i hope that together like i get to spend the rest of my time with you dude like i I say it would be great dude i'll say i but i say like one day, like, I'm not going to even, mm. I'm not going to even mm. know your name. Mm. You know, I'm not going to even care about you. Just because, and I said, like, it's pains me to real, know that you're, you're, you're literally going to be a, someone mm. I never knew. Mm. Um, so that, I, I think when it comes to compassion, because I think that still shows compassion, still love. Because um, I think even it. It comes to a point where after you know that someone for a while, I think, after you build a friendship with that person, I think it is, comes to being the tough love and that's still being compassionate that you really care about this person's eternal life that you need to, like, kind of mm. put down the hammer sometimes. <laughs> I don't know, that sounds worse, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to say is that every time I do my own research and every time I talk to my friends about this, it just makes me more angry. So maybe I should, and but I'm not gonna stop doing it because I love hearing stuff like this, so I can put it into arguments. All right, so uh, <laughs> we have I have this group chat, and we're talking about the Texas abortion law, okay? And one of my friends who's going to medical school, who is not a Christian, is very <laughs> against abortions. Uh, he grew up in a big family. He wants kids one day, um, and he's. He sent out, sent out this link and said, like, this is true. Like, you guys believe, like, believe what I'm saying. This is why he's so against abortions, especially at a young age. So this thing everyone has is called OH positive. Yeah. It is in your bloodstream. It's protein in your bloodstream. Because the red, red blood cells. Yes. Yeah, so it's the, the second, protein. second most important thing of the, uh, the bloodstream. It was found in rhesus monkeys, so that's why it's yeah. the rhesus protein. And so, uh, and so, he said, when young girls get an abortion, um, their body starts producing OH negative. And so, when they do want a baby one day, when they do get pregnant, what happens is this: is the baby is OH positive and the mom is OH negative. And he says, he said in his exact words, "Your the mom's body starts killing the baby." Mm-hmm. Like it is attacking, trying to get rid of the baby. He said because uh, it's like a defense mechanism. Your mm-hmm. body saying, "Wait a minute, 
this thing is not supposed to be in my bloodstream. This thing is not supposed to be in your body. I'm going to start killing it. And so <coughs> he said, like, um, he's very much on my side with this. He said, like, he, he has a whole time understanding why people would get an abortion just because, like, if they knew, like, the baby felt pain, like, I think that would really help people kind of realize they're not to get an abortion. He said he doesn't know, but I feel like that would be true. Isn't it, like, abortion rates went down after the invention of the ultrasound? Yeah, Because people sense. could actually see, yeah. oh, like, this thing has a face and, like, yeah. a little nose. and. Um, but he said, his point was, like, I think people need... To know that having an abortion will literally change your life because you might never have have a baby. Because it means like a lot of miscarriages are caused by. And he said, and and it's crazy. It's that like it's not like something you can detect. It's something like you miscarriage, and the doctor found out. Oh, now like when you're pregnant, they they can't scan. They can't know that like oh your H your H negative. Like we need to start this now. Like. You could be months pregnant, and they don't even know that your bloodstream is AOH negative. He said that's why, like, it's so important not to get an abortion because it, it can literally mean life or death. I wonder if that yeah. has, if there's any correlation between that data and, like, declining birth rates in general in developed nations. Right. I don't know. Just a thought. Huh. But It's dumb, isn't it? I, I just, what? like... The more developed the nation gets, the less they want to continue. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, this is all pointless. Yeah. And especially, like, moving away from Christianity does that. Because you yeah. see, like, sub-Saharan Africa, there's this huge, you know, evangelistic movement and everything. And they're growing, you know, numerically. And the Amish, where they average, like, nine point whatever kids. And they have like a third, maybe. What's that? They have they they've developed the method. They have nine third. babies and then like just a leg. Just a leg. Yeah. Just a. So, uh, we're still talking about this in the future. My friend asked me like, why do you think more Americans get abortions than any other country? Is that true? Like even per capita? But I don't know. My, we're the I, third I, largest I, I country. In the, I feel like, like China has more abortions than America. You think so? Especially I because, like they were, dude, the one child stopped. law. Yeah, I'm they had this, forced they, abortion. If you got pregnant with a second baby, you were like forced they, to have an abortion. But that was lifted, wasn't it? Yeah, now you're allowed two. two. Yeah, but so like saying, if you get pregnant a third saying, time, like, you have to have like, an abortion. I feel like most Chinese people. Let's just say we have a lot. I say we have a lot, and I then I said this to you, Travis. I think like you can think of an ethnicity. That has the least amount of abortions. I would say it is. Because, I would say Hispanics. That's the least abortions. Yeah. Oh, I have would, no idea. I would say it's like what you say because I think most Hispanics are Catholic. <laughs> that's why, and I think that's gonna be ultimate. It it does so make I sense. Think, like I think Russia is the one with the highest abortion, abortion rate? rate per capita. Per capita. Yeah, yeah it's fifty three per thousand women. I thought you were about to say fifty three. Yeah. Wow. I was about to freak I, out. I was about I to thought say, you were like, gonna say no fifty three per woman. <laughs> No, no or, I mean, it says abortion okay. rate. Would that be percentage? Or that, just person, like person? No, 53 abortion yeah. per 1,000 yeah, people. Yeah, okay, so that's 1,000 people that's, or 1,000 women? 1,000 women. That's a lot. Oh, I feel like that's not a lot. Like, that just means, what, one out of 20 women has had one abortion on average? Well, that's per year. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. That changes things. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. Man, I was going to say something, but I forgot it. Oh, ethnicity. Um... 
I I know that like with Florida, as Florida's become more Hispanic, it's become more conservative in general, and some of that has to do with like you know a lot of Cubans being anti-socialism, and some of that has to do with uh, like the, the fact that ones. the fact that if if the Hispanic population is more very Catholic, but also just like Assemblies of God, evangelical type of churches, they tend to be you know more conservative when it comes to abortion and gay marriage and those sorts of issues. So they vote differently like i think i think florida florida voted for obama twice and then voted for trump in 2016 and then voted harder for trump in 2020 which to say nothing of i i don't like trump (laughs) but like to say nothing of you know the idealness of the candidates offered like it it does seem to be a trend that where hispanic and also east asian um immigrants go into a place like they tend to vote pretty conservative hmm. i'm actually loving that florida's becoming more hispanic dude I'm, I which isn't hispanic. it ironic that like so many republicans are like we gotta keep these mexicans out of america it's like dude if you let them in they'll probably vote red like or not probably but you know well like, there's, there's a, a type of if you didn't say that and you yeah let them if you in, had not said that i think it's probably would it's the type of hispanic you find here yeah i, I don't think in, that it, in florida versus yeah. in texas yeah you mentioned the cubans and also the venezuelans they mm-hmm. are just dealing with they're their own, fleeing yeah. yeah and so they're like well we don't want anything to do with that yeah and who's the party that usually yeah dabbles yeah. in that is the blue party those blues blue man group blue man, have you seen blue man group they're pretty yeah. good yeah. i thought they retired they all, they're done they oh, okay. they quit from city walk at least yeah. i saw his thing of arrested development oh yeah I, <laughs> oh my goodness dude <laughs> he was on standby. But anyway, uh, anything? Yeah, I think I was, I was just thinking about what David's uh, Doctor B friend was saying, and I'm like, I think, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think you should look into it more. Cause if I'm not mistaken, there's a uh, that's just a na- that's just the nature of blood types. That's when when we're talking about Rh proteins, we're talking about like the positive and the negative. So like I am O positive, which means mm-hmm. I'm Rh plus, which means that protein is present versus an Rh negative, which means that protein's not present. Mm. Um, which is why like O positive is a universal donor. Um, what? Well, I was just gonna ask: Is there any? Is not like it's on topic, but it's on the topic that's off topic already. Um, is there any, like, if the parents have these blood types and the grandparents, like, is there any... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so there's, like, a Punnett square you can yeah. draw that could... So, okay. so that was it. <clears throat> if you have A and Nicole has B, then if you're AA, um, and, um, or rather, no, if your blood type is A and Alcoholic Nicole's blood type anonymous. is B, then your child will have AB blood. If Ooh. you're O and your child... So O is recessive, A and B huh. can meet, A and A is A, B and B is B, A, B, A, B. A O would be my blood is recessive. You know. So, what do you have? Oh, baby, positive or negative? It's whichever one's the donor. Is that positive or negative? Uh, I think that's universal. I'm universal well, donor. O, o is a universal donor regardless. Oh, okay. O, o blood type, but then the positive and the negative is just that protein. Okay. And you can treat the blood huh. for the protein, which is why I was gonna say like I think David's friend needs to look into it a little more because like what? if you have a baby who's one and a mother who's the other, you can um. Whatchamacallit, you can put her on medicine to, What's your to uh, make it all right. I'm O positive. Dang, oh, that explains dude. it. 
We, oh. we, we have three O's in this movie. Wait, what are you? I'm not an O. You're an O? Yeah, I'm an O. AB yeah. is the wow. universal receiver. What are you? I think I'm AB. You're the universal, universal receiver. taker. The all he does is just move. Give me your take. blood. <laughs> you, would you? Do you don't want my blood? It's crazy. I, no, dude. Sure if, an AB, if an AB receives O blood, do they get superpowers? Dude, nope. You know what happens no. to my blood? You know what my blood is called? They have a name for this. I'm not Asian. No, I was younger. Uh, the doctor took my blood because like out like do bees and ants always buy me my parents and doctor, and my blood, yeah, they call it. It's called honey blood. My blood is apparently like really really sweet. David has diabetes. I need, to, I, need to, <laughs> he just know it. I need to keep you around whenever I go camping. Dude, or it is insane. Just, I I'm in the garage. You, you, the mosquitoes. Yeah. you will like if you guys want to go to like a mosquito fall. If you stand, me try to stand beside you. No mosquitoes go to him. They all come to me. Amen, brother. All right, let's do it. Okie dokie. All right. Well, blood. are there mas? No, I was just gonna say. I think I think there are arguments to be made for both ways, but I think ultimately we should. We should look at these things. Right. Um, so Bible study. Objectively. Um, nah. and, and I think that because there's a lot of misinformation that goes around on them. Oh, you're talking about like the, the RH? Not necessarily. Like, no, not just RH. Just, just like. Abortion issue. Like, there, like the, anywhere you go, you'll be like, oh, abortions uh, can lead to hysterectomies. It's like, yes, that is true. But now let's like, let's be specific about what, what that yeah. does or what that means and what the rates of that are. Yeah. Right. Um, because like. Because I think those are very uh, incendiary topics. Yeah, you know, and it's like let's let's talk real percentages, yeah. um, which is why I think it's we should also be talking real percentages when we when you we read posts like, you know, how many like oh would you force someone to have a, a child out of rape? It's like well let's look at this and, yeah. and let's actually pass what percentage of reasonable legislation yeah. instead of, you know just blanket things out i i will say like i don't know what fraction of a percent it is of abortions that are you know have any uh relationship to rape but i i think it's probably like 90 percent of reddit posts about abortion have something to do with rape yeah like they're like that is the one trick that this pony knows yeah it's and i and i think i think we need to look at this and and so that we can accurately say like okay Here's where we need yeah. can, where where we can better draw the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely think that essentially making a bounty hotline is just the yeah worst. Like, regardless of your stance on it, to I think to it's I think it's that. so weird how this law is written. Yeah, which you know we don't have to get into all the specifics of it, but it's like man, it's it's a really I don't think anything like this has ever been done before with it's, regard to any type of it's crazy. You know, yeah. Like and and again, like res- irrespective of your stance on abortion, just like, hey, if you've aided in the process, like mm. even like helping giving them it, a drive or, or yeah. yeah, like it's just like, are you? Mm. This is insane. Yep. Well, everyone should have a baby. We know they have a. <laughs> you know that like that's actually genetic. Is like if your parents don't have babies, then you won't. Yeah, that's right. Did your parents have a baby? Anyway, did your parents have a baby? I don't have parents. He he was was created from the clay. Well, (laughs) it's been fun. It's a good one, and I feel like we ended gooder, gooder. All right, gooder done. Love you guys. Love you. Bye.